We tried to play Digimon, but Digimon played us. More like Zoom played us. <laughs> yeah. That said, uh, yeah, that's something you guys can look forward to because uh, we got some Digimon cards uh, for our cardboard crack fix. And using that to our advantage, uh, we attempted to use Zoom, and Zoom used us. It was it was not great. And that said, uh, I don't have any nerd news this week. Do you have anything? Um, I mean, apart from the fact that I've been playing, I, I discovered the Ace Combat series. I'm <laughs> having a lot of fun with that. You know, well, that, that that counts, I think. Flying around. Um, you know, I had something last time when we were trying to do this this exact same episode before. Uh, I do not remember what it is now that I think of, I'm trying to think about it. Um. You know, it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to like remember in the middle of the night tonight. <laughs> 3 a.m., yes. Yes. So, well, that's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm playing, uh, playing Ace Combat 7. It's fun. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, today, kind of related to, to our topic when we touched upon Realist Hero a couple of weeks ago, uh, we want to talk about the booming genre of isekai stories or other world stories. And basically how we can fix some of the genre's shortcomings. So uh, basically, we decided to, to kind of write an outline for our own. Itaku, would you, you be so kind as to spear us into this? I'm certainly. Honestly, uh, it was just kind of uh, the professor and I just kind of talking to each other and just going, you know, we keep, you know, criticizing the entire impetus. Uh, so why don't we put our money where our mouth is? And we're, we're two pretty uh, creative people or, you know, snake and whatever Ugam is, <laughs> you know, strange fungal infection. Uh, that, you know, why don't we do that? And honestly, one of the things I kind of noticed in my, um, you know, long and storied, uh, kind of study of Isekai, because I have, I have read a lot of them. I have read entirely too many is first off, there, there are two things that the, uh, that these books do not do well. Usually, it's the setting. These settings are in inevitably just Dragon Quest. It's, you know, there's, you know, a world. It's got the, you know, knights, castles, and kings, and goblins, and boblins, and doblins, and a demon king. And yeah, that, that I mean, that's about the level of of thought we put into it. There might be elves, there might be dark elves, there might be other things, but I mean, that's basically it. And the second thing is the hero. The hero is just, I mean, and this is, I, I will concede part of it is just convention of the fact that the these these 
books want you to think that you, the reader, are the hero. But the problem is, is that they don't uh, give you enough to really work with. Um, so ultimately, a, a lot of these heroes, excuse me, become very, uh, they're, they're just very boring. And I think that's part of what makes now Fumi really interesting is that he's actually really, 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 really opinionated in the novels. <laughs> it doesn't really uh, translate well in the, uh, uh, in the anime, you don't really get his his inner commentary on pretty much everything that happens in the novels. But I think that the the novels really do that well, and um, it's kind of a disservice ultimately to the story that we don't get that because, uh, like, one of the funny jokes ultimately is like um, when he meets the king and the princess originally. Um, and they do their big like, haha, I'm actually the princess and I, you know, set you up. He basically comes up with the entire um, trash and uh, female dog yep. uh, names that ultimately he, he officially changes their names to later on. Like he comes up with them right then. And so that's kind of the, the like, you know, uh, there's going to be a joke later. That you know they they set up at that point, but you don't really get that in the anime. It just seems like he's being really petty. When ultimately, I mean, yes, he's being really petty, but the you know, guys, just a callback, a callback to, to uh, something that happened earlier, which is even doubly funny because in the novel version, when they're about to execute the king and princess, like in the novel, he's like, "Yes, do it." In the anime, he's like. Wait, no, this is a little messed up. Maybe I don't want this. And actually, I saw a thing, and, and people are speculating. It's like, maybe, like, did, did the original author have any say on this scene? Because it seems like maybe they're trying to dial it back so he's a little less psychotic. I mean, I think... I don't know. I, I think that he... Naofumi... Um, I mean, he very clearly is a very, very, very broken person. He, he, I mean, the fact that ultimately he takes this small child, you know, he's like, stupid, stupid world, stupid, stupid people, stupid, stupid. They, they, you know, steal me from my, my nice life, my nice world. And, you know, they, they, you know, make me into their stupid Satan figure. I'm going to, I hate them. I hate them all. They're big, oh, big poopy. People, all big, big doo doo heads, stupid, stupid people. I'm going to take this stupid small child and I'm going to, you know, make her have nice clothes and nice food and, you know, give her a small, give her, give her nice things and make her feel better and, you know, treat her really, really nicely. Because that's what you do to people you hate. Yes. <laughs> I need you to kill things. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. I'll kill things. Dad, what an odd thing to say. <laughs> now Fubi said his hand to his chin. <laughs> and you contrast that against, let's, let's use an obvious example, Sword Art Online, where it's just, I'm super awesome. And even though it makes no sense in context, I can do 
all this cool stuff that nobody else can do because I'm just that cool, guys. Now, like, in real life, you would be bullied mercilessly because you are just, like, absolutely insufferable. If you guys haven't seen it, Sword Art Online Abridged fixes a lot of Sword Art Online's problems and also has a much more realistic assessment of its main cast. The, the thing with Isekai, uh, as Yutaku posited, is the world building is Dragon Quest and the heroes typically are incredibly shallow. And the thing that gets me is like a lot of them, a lot of them, like a weird number of them, are like, guys, I have the ability to scan stuff and that makes me super OP. I'm just like, really? Really? Like you. I guess you could get a job as an appraiser or something, but um, that's a dumb thing to be excited about. That that kind of leads into something that I wanted to talk about. That like um, a lot of them also kind of go off of that with the entire. Um, they're like, oh, you know, basically it's like, oh, you know, everyone in this world levels up, but everyone levels really slow. But thanks to your cheating ability, you now can level up really fast. And now you're level 50 for picking up a rock. Wow, look at you. And now you have a million skills. And it's like, okay, that's nice. But so then you have all these skills, and then they're going to be like, hey, remember that skill you got on page 17? Uh, yeah, you mean the, the, the ability to, like, look at sand? Well, <laughs> that's going to be plot relevant later. What? And so, yeah, they're like, you know, I, I like... Fantasy, I like science fiction. I do not like needing to have a character sheet for my protagonist in order to remember all of his abilities because they might be plot relevant. And he has a page and a half of just abilities. Yep. Reincarnated as a sword does this. Um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime is really guilty of this. And um, the professor's favorite, Aro Furrieta, uh, with Best Girl Dragon, is uh, really guilty of this, too. Yeah, so. that, that is true facts. In yeah. fact, I, I started uh, So I'm a Spider, So What? And it's guilty of this, because... It's like, oh, I ate this thing, and I gained this ability from eating this thing. And then I ate this other thing, and now I have that power. And I'm like, is this going to go anywhere? Like, is any of this going mean, to go anywhere? Kind of, it goes better. Go someplace with with that one at least, because um, I mean, she basically becomes like a, a super boss monster, and then like a, a wizard, from what I understand. Yeah, but um, I mean in you know slime it, it it really ultimately a lot of the abilities that rimuru gets initially are not important and it really is only in once until he meets the uh tempest dragon that like that's important and the entire fact that you know the tempest dragon gives him a name is important because if you are given names in this world, true names are actually they 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 give you power, 
And only beings with divine blessing like dragons can do that. And the fact that Rimuru has, ultimately, that's one of his, like, super abilities. Her. Her. Uh, Rimuru is a... It's it's weird. It's yeah. weird. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, they, they have this long thing about the fact that he, he starts going around killing snakes and, like, eating them and then... You know, using water water jets in order to kill things by using uh, basically uh, water as a, a high speed uh, hydraulic slicer, which is you know that's a, that's a cool use of an ability. The problem being is that like after like chapter five, he doesn't really use it anymore. Um, and kind of going off of, as an aside, as an aside to the aside, um, another thing, honestly, is a lot of these protagonists are just not very likable. And once again, you know, I know that it's kind of, it, it, it leads back to the convention of the fact that it's, you know, supposed to be a power fantasy. But a lot of these, a lot of these guys are just not very likable. You know, and it's a thing. I'm pretty lenient when it comes to protagonists. If I don't mind, you know, villain protagonists, like, uh, say, you know, uh, Count of Monte Cristo or Mirka from Tactics Advance, you know, if they're, if they're interesting. Um, but, I mean, a lot of them are just like... <laughs> I've got this super cheat ability, and now I'm level 50, and now all these cat girls are following me around, because, no, it, inevitably, all these girls are, oh my goodness, you're so attractive, Mr. Geeky Nerd. <laughs> yeah. Because that totally happens. Like, in every single one, which not only is something I love about Shield Hero, because they don't do that. They also... I mentioned it a bit during Realist Hero, where I'm like, stop doing the harem route. It's it's not realistic. It doesn't make sense. And any kind of justification will be flimsy at its best. Make up your mind to stop being indecisive or stop putting romance subplot lines into these stories. I have opinions on this, is what I'm saying. You don't say. I know, right? I'm, I'm very subtle about this sort of thing. But, yeah, stop. <laughs> which, stop. which is funny, because uh, Okasan Online kind of does this pretty badly, too. Oh, no, it, it does. And, and I'll, I'll own that. Uh, but that being said, it's not like... It's not something that's a major feature. It's more like he has three girls around who like to tease him, because everything in Okasa Online is designed to tease Masato because that's how the, most of the comedy in the story works. But like realist hero did it sort of online really does it. It's like, it's like guys, he's surrounded by waifus and they're just, they're all super in him. Even though this guy has zero personality and nothing in the way of social skills and totally does would get his head dunked into a toilet every day at school. But no, he's super cool and relatable and awesome. And you should like him. 
no, you don't understand, guys. Kirito is super cool because he's good at, at MMOs, and we all know that being good at MMOs <laughs> makes you very, very attractive. Yes. Women want nothing more than a guy who obsesses over mamopakers. There, there is just nothing, nothing that attracts the ladies like that. Oh, yes. That's the reason why WoW players are well known for their ability to get women. <laughs> so the the thing that we're saying is it, what it seems like to me and this is me speculating i can't put my myself in the author's exact headspace but it seems a lot of the time they're just like guys it's time for wish fulfillment fan fiction and this was the the zany story of how i got transported into dragon quest but i'm not like all the other guys who got transported into dragon quest i i was sent there and i was turned into a cat like that, that that's kind of what a lot of the genre has become it's dragon quest but x whereas the first wave of isekai was just dragon quest you know you know, you, you joke about that, but I actually did see. Basically, I got reincarnated as a cat. Wait, is that real? I was just trying to make up something obtuse. Um, reincarnated as a behemoth, but he basically looks like a small orange tabby cat, <laughs> and he has this hot elf waifu who, who who keeps him, and the entire time, the 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 one like innkeeper who at the inn that she she kind of lives at is like oh that's like a that's like a uh lightning cat and those are dangerous because they they like to um attack air quotes attack women and she's like oh that's fine it's like what what <laughs> what, what i'm sorry <laughs> So yeah, no, it's a thing. I mean, kind of, sort of. Okay, you, you get my point. However, and, and no, don't get me wrong. Here's the thing: I think isekai as a genre makes a lot of sense because it gives mm-hmm. you a protagonist who can explain your world because they're an outsider. So you have mm-hmm. the outsider's perspective. They go to this world and they're like, "Hey, I don't understand this. Could you explain this to me?" And they have a reason for it. And someone can be like, "Oh yeah, in our world." Uh, if you go north, it gets hotter, and if you go south, it gets colder. That's how this world works. That's from Realist Hero. That's an actual example. Um, mm. But you can do stuff like that. You can do your world building organically, specifically because you have that perspective of the character who doesn't know and wants to know. That's a plus. Mm-hmm. It can totally work. Now, the thing that must be done is the abandonment of pretension. And, and this is something that a lot of authors can work on (laughs) going forward because we get it. Fantasy can be indeed a power fantasy and in and of itself, that's not inherently bad. That said, there's a way to temper it with good character building like any other story or genre. A character is most exciting and interesting when they have flaws and have to work for the things that they're ultimately given. Uh, Luke Skywalker would not have been the compelling hero he was had he not had to train 
and come to understand and make mistakes along the way. That is what makes him interesting, is he worked to a goal and saw progress from the effort that he put into it. And, and those are rules for all forms of writing, not even just a specific subgenre, but it's something the subgenre needs to study awful bad. <laughs> because there's a... Make you, hmm? uh, a, you know, Professor, I'm going to make you very upset and very sad at the same time. Okay. Go we ahead. know what Skywalker looks like if he didn't train and was just perfect at everything. It would be Ray. It would be Ray. Yes. Literally, just be Ray. Yeah. Literally, just be Ray. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, she she basically goes through the the, the same you know uh, the same events. It's just that you know she's she's super good and super perfect, and she doesn't get her arm cut off because you know ew that'd be icky if I was missing an arm. Even though, you know, the scars the hero gets along their journey are medals of their accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the thing. Like, make your character earn their happy ending. If you want a story where this, this schlub becomes a knight, saves the princess, and saves the day, make him worthy of the title make him worthy of the journey and make him worthy of the results. Like it's okay for your character to suffer and to question themselves and, and to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help because literally everyone will reach that point in their lives in some context or the other. And there's no excuse that, Oh, well he's in dragon quest. So he just level grinds by killing a trillion slimes. Literally the only time I saw that done well was when it was done as a joke. And that was uh, the hero is cautious but overpowered, where he he literally is so scared of getting into a fight he can't win. He just spends a stupidly long time just training and preparing himself in every way he can conceive of because he just doesn't want to lose. <laughs> See, th that's the thing. Like a lot of these isekais are comedies. Lean into that instead of just being ah, oh, Kirito can dual wield and dual wielding is completely unheard of and has literally never been done in this full dive MMO where inevitably someone would have tried it at some point. But you see the ability to pick up a sword and then another sword is a secret technique that has only been passed down by the Wasabi clan. Oh, of and course. Wiped out by that man. <laughs> see, that would actually have some level of self-awareness, though. That, that, that is in and of itself, the, the rub. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's another thing. It's like the lack of self-awareness. Like, because you get these pretentious heroes where it's like, people thought I'd amount to nothing, but I did was play video games. But I, I get to show you now, because now I'm level 9,999, and I can punch bad guys so hard that they just explode. And I'm super cool now, Mom. Like, oh. Jimmy, Jimmy, I never would have thought that your ability to play video games would have made you the master punch of this. I am sorry for not yeah. letting you play video games. That's right. Yeah, like, <laughs> the, the, the thing that makes Nafumi work really, really well was specifically 
because he was stripped of all the glory of being an isekai protagonist immediately. He, he immediately is just like, oh, by the way, like you're our great Satan figure, and everyone hates you. And literally everyone that you're going to trust in the first couple chapters of these books is going to stab you in the back almost exclusively on the grounds that they can, therefore they will. <laughs> and, you know, your, your, your friends that were isekai with you, yeah, they go along with it because they don't know you. And they're just like, well, if the people don't like you, then... Uh, you know, I guess, you know, there, there's smoke, there's fire. Yep, so, so we have every reason to hate and distrust you now. Sucks, sucks to suck now for me. So, it, it's like, you guys have got to bear in mind that there, there's a lot of writing rules that you don't get to flout. If you want a cool character, you can have cool characters. Now Fumi gets a ton of cool powers, but he earns them. He has to do crazy crap and deal with huge amounts of pushback, but that makes him even cooler because he gets to show them up in the end. The ending and the journey to that ending are the important parts. If a character starts off cool, he has nowhere to grow. That makes yeah. him dumb. Honestly, that's one of the parts I really like about the Soul Eater battle at the... Uh during the the second major wave is that uh now fumi unlocked the rage shield where he was able to basically weaponize his anger and just deal huge amounts of damage the downside being is that basically that threatens everyone around him not only with the amount of damage that he does to the enemy but also will inflict grievous unhealing uh curses on people Yep, and he kind of had this, you know, entire moment where he's like, "Oh wow, you know, this this slave girl that I didn't like, I actually like now. I like you too, Dad." What an odd thing to say. <laughs> I wonder why she keeps calling me that. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I love you, Dad. Be sitter. Yeah, okay, thanks. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you squall. That's no good. <laughs> I'm going to raise it. I'm going to go play Chocobo Rancher. <laughs> now I'm an aide. Now it's my Dateru. I will place Dateru 2 alongside Dateru 1. Now you are both my Dateru's. But we want to be I waifus. I don't know what that means. I outrank you, Dateru 2. Whatever. We really like Shield Hero. That's Shield Hero is really, really good. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like the thing I love most about Naofumi is that he is not glorified. It's precisely the opposite. He struggles. He everything turns against him. It starts building up like he's going to be that generic isekai protagonist, and it's just stripped away, and he's just. Bl dealt blow after blow after blow of everyone hating him. And he's just like... Good. Oh, I was just going to say the sheer irony of the fact that S.H.I.E.L.D. heroes actually uh, in the grand scheme of things is pretty old. Um, it, it came out 2011, 2012, I want to yeah. say. It's been a hot minute. So... 
And I'm not even saying that you guys have to, to, to use the exact formula. You don't need to make your character the Satan figure, though admittedly that is kind right. of a neat tack to take. <laughs> it's like the, the thing with the Isekai story is the inciting incident is the arrival in the new world. And there's lots of different ways you can play this. And sometimes it's an artifact. Sometimes, oh, I was reincarnated, which is honestly my least favorite explanation because honestly, I, reincarnation plot lines are not my favorite. I've talked about this a couple of times before. It's kind of a lazy hack way of getting your character from point A to point B. And don't you like the part where the character pushes the child out of the way of the thing and then he. Then he becomes a spirit detective. Wait, this is a different story. Uh, uh, he survived that. <laughs> he did not get isekai'd. <laughs> I mean, um, no, actually, he died. It's just that he came Oh, that's back right. He got to come back after. That's right. I'm sorry. Yes. It's been a while yes. since I watched you, Yu Yuhaka show. It's a good show, okay? It, it is. It is. It really is. And mm. the, the whole thing that you then run into is... You have the inciting incident. Move your character from point A to point B. But you've got to explain it. And this is the thing I pinged Realist Hero on, is that the main character very conveniently had no living family. He didn't really have any friends. You have to have at least one friend. <laughs> like You have, no matter what level of loser nerd you might very well be, and, and you know this is the pot calling the kettle black if ever there was, like, you have at least one or two or three good friends. You should have somebody who would go looking for you in the event you went missing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you going to the magical fairy tale land, a lot of these guys take it as carte blanche to just be like, oh, well, all those old things that were my problem, not my problem anymore. Going to pretend like none of that ever happened. You know the series that does that incredibly well? Log Horizon. Because the people are like, dude, I had my job. I had my family. I had my friends. One of them is like, oh yeah, my son is still in the real world. And this place is so cool. I want to bring him here someday. But they actually think about the fact that their old lives still matter, even though they're, they're living their new one. That, that Never is significant. Mind. Never mind the one, uh, the one monk who's like, <laughs> Uh, oh, these NPCs are just, they're just nothing but pawns for us. Now, if you don't mind me, I'm going to go marry one of them. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to marry an NPC and completely 180 my tune. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that, that class, that class is what you call ironic juxtaposition because he starts off not respecting the NPCs and then he gets whipped by one. Mm -hmm. Not only does it show a progression in who he is as a person, it shows that not only did his attitudes change, but that his situation changed to reflect it. This means and that his comeuppance had teeth. The character who is penitent for past wrongdoing has to be able to pay out in some capacity. So in that respect, him getting married and, and becoming very loving to his wife, I must say, like... It's a show of that sincerity that he will never go down that road again. That's how you develop a character well. Mm -hmm. You do not develop characters and start out online. Literally, every character in that show has a straight character arc. Oh my gosh. And it's that's not even getting into the fact that 
His harem includes his adopted sister. Ew. Ew, gross barf. Yeah. Do, do not want. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason why most renditions of the character are from his first arc, because the second arc heavily involves his sister besitter, and it's... Yeah. That's not okay. Not, that's not good, okay? That's bad, okay? Shouldn't, shouldn't Should do that. Be. Okay. <laughs> I I love South Park. <laughs> and here's the thing. There is so much fertile ground to tell an interesting and compelling story. So remember, class, we've already hit some big ones. Your characters matter, main characters in particular. You can have cute waifus if you want them. But yes. please make up your mind on what you're doing. Like, don't, this is the thing a lot of isekai tend to do, where they're really, really, really hesitant to move status quo forward. And so they kind of linger in very overly long ways in the same places with the same people and not a whole lot happening. And, you, oh, sorry. No, no good. No, I was just going to be like, you know, if the funny thing would be is like if we had, you know, little Jimmy Jimmy who's really good at MMOs, he gets transported to another world. It, it actually is another world, like another planet. He finds, you know, he, he gets picked up by, you know, a, you know, well, it has to be some kind of, you know, exotic thing. So, right. I don't know. I don't know, some some alien who is just conveniently, you know, looks just like a human, but with, you know, like animal bits. But she's an older girl. <laughs> you know, because they're always younger. So we're going to do this. We're going to invert this. We're going to turn it on its head. We're going to subvert your expectations. Hey, we're not even ready. Re-in-bring re 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 don't ask me. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> we're not even. We're, we're not even. You know, Bjork, <laughs> Bork, Bork, Bork. Yeah. So, the the, the um, all right. So Jimmy Jimmy is taken to an Alamal planet, and yes, you know, we can use kind of. You should use some kind of introduction. So like. The, the, the character needs a through line. There's the inciting incident. Mm -hmm. That's him getting transported. So let's say, uh, I don't really want to do a reincarnation plot line. Let's say no, he's he, he taken there because the princess of, of this one planet needs a, a legendary hero. And Jimmy Jimmy just, you know, got to level 999 in slide lands. <laughs> and, you know, the, the critically acclaimed MMO. For five years running by Tempest Stop. Um, and so, you know, he is the strongest person in, you know, fallen earth on Slidelands. But <clears throat> that's neither here nor there. Let's remember, hero just means a doer of great deeds. It, it does not so, specify what the deeds are. So that's an accomplishment in, in a particular light. That would make him greatest among his peers. 
mm-hmm. in a way. And so he gets sent there, and it, but it turns out that he's just, you know, really, really weak. He's just a little schlebby little nerd. Um, but he has to fight against, you know, the invading Glondar Empire, who are all big, scary guys with big, scary, you know, space armor. And really big shoulder pads. Yes. Kind of imagining them kind of like, you know, Flash Gordon. I'm all, yeah, I'm kind of imagining this akin to Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon. Like <laughs> very, very like, we're in space, but, you know, space has air. Everyone flies around on rockets. Everyone knows space has air. The Milky Way is the only one that doesn't. Yes. <laughs> you guys come from the Milky Way? Oh, man, that's what rough. <laughs> Then still, sorry, you guys are like millions of years technologically behind the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. don't you know, in the future, everyone uses atomic power on rockets? That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, atomic rockets. And obviously, we just have a big vacuum like space balls, and we just put air into space. And now space yeah. is aerosolized. Yes, Exactly. And we can just travel between planets. That's as normal as you getting in your car and driving to the grocery store. Yes, exactly. And there's also, like, because of the war between, you know, the Federated Federation of Planets, the FOP. Which somehow has a king, but, you know. Yeah, even, <laughs> even though it's a federation, it has a king. And King Old Guy, King McBeardison. Oh, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it. All the right. king is elected. Oh, yes, of course. Kings are elected. What did you expect? Right in succession? <laughs> Caveman. So, I'm yeah. Positively atavistic. Don't you know kings are elected? Uh, like, obviously. He's the, the king of the Federation of Planets, the FOP. So he's the FOP king. <laughs> There's your dumb wordplay joke for, for your intro. <laughs> so we, we, we know we can't leave them waiting for their waifu. So, so, so let's. So, so is, no, is, is the, the waifu going to be a princess or are we going to do something a little more original? No, I was thinking that the print, the waifu would be the one character that initially, you know, meets him, who's, you know, the alien older girl. All right, that, that, that certainly works. And uh, uh, I mean, I suppose we could have, you know, the, the princess be the alien older girl. Oh, okay. No, I got it. Let's raise the stakes here. Okay, so she is the princess insofar as she is the Fop King's daughter. But okay. she... Didn't like the fact that everyone was treating her special, and like, even though she technically holds no power, she, she doesn't have legislative authority or executive authority. Nope. So mm-hmm. she's like, well, I can still turn this to my advantage. I can make a difference. So she goes undercover as a space bandit and puts together mm-hmm. her own team of space pirates. But she takes arcane knowledge from the royal palace in order to do the summoning for the hero, so she can have an ace up her sleeve and turn her little rebel rebel pirate gang into a force to be reckoned with during the interstellar war. 
Oh my God. So we have hot Onesan, Captain Harlock, who is also the princess. Who, yes. Oh my gosh. This is so cool. Yes. 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 I like that. So, so she was like, we need, we, we need an ace in the sleep. We need a ringer. So she summons the hero. And at first she's like, Oh man, that is such a letdown. And then the, the other guys in the, the crew are like, wait, he, he's still a, a viable set of hands. He's not completely worthless. Like we, we, for some reason we all speak, you know, pleasant shades of English. Um, because obviously that's the civilized language in space, don't you know? So obviously everyone just speaks English. And so they're like, okay, we, we can use this guy. He's not completely useless. He, he has some understanding of computers. He, he, he's, we, we can like have him in the engine room or something. And he, he like slowly starts like learning different skills and different things. And suddenly a fierce battle happens on the ship and it forces him to like be clever. He, he's not strong enough to like fist fight someone. So he's really smart instead. And he like sets up traps and uses his knowledge of the ship to, to just like stealthily take out the, the invaders. And, and they're just like, wow, you, you, you like, you actually pulled your weight, new guy. That that's genuinely impressive. And then he kind of starts building the rapport with everyone on the ship. And he starts like having, there's a cool, like older bro guy who's like a cocky and kind of a hot shot. He's like, yeah, maybe you're not so bad. New guy. Well, <laughs> one problem with that. What's that? He's like, I really like this character, but you know, we both know hot shot, cool, big brothers. <laughs> and a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Cause th- again, y- your hero has to suffer slings and arrows. So like, you know, there's a part where, no cool big brother guy has. He's like, don't worry. I can totally handle this incredibly risky espionage mission on my own. No need to worry about me. And of course, something goes terribly wrong. And he's like, don't worry about it, guys. I'm going to take these slubs down with me. And they're just like, no cool big brother guy. Don't do it. And he's like, sorry, it's already too late, but catch you later. And you know, has a really cool epic explosion that like takes out a huge number of the bad guys. It's super cool and it's super heartbreaking. And people are like, oh god, no, I was watching this entire show just for cool big brother guy, and now he's gone. You know, main character Kun gets his cool sunglasses and scarf that he starts wearing all the time in honor of a big, cool big brother guy. I'm no longer Jimmy Jimmy, said Jimmy Jimmy. I am now just Jimmy. Promotion. Rank up. (laughs) Rank one, Jimmy. He's now a rank one, Jimmy. (laughs) And and that's the thing. Okay, okay, are you ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this. So you have his first encounter with the villain, which of course means he has to lose, because that's the first encounter with the villain, you always lose, and you have to come back later. So, the mm-hmm. first encounter, the, the, the bad guy even taunts him, he's like, oh, you were reliant on cool big brother guy, and now you're all alone. And Jimmy adjusts his sunglasses, and he responds, my Jimmys remain unrustled. Oh! <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Actually, but ironically, pretty cool. <laughs> I just came up with that off the cuff. That that's that's unironically pretty cool. I would be like, "Oh yeah, Jimmy, you do this. <laughs> you got this." And you know, you know, he, he makes different friends on different planets and all sorts of like weird alamos. 
They go around doing cool space stuff. Oh, yeah, and here's another thing. Here's another thing a lot of these isekais struggle with. You have to have an end in mind. There has to be some win condition for the hero. They cannot go around doing things in perpetuity because you want to sell as many books as one piece. People are going to get bored. You have to have a tight, logical, fluid storyline. Start, middle, end. All right? Can't do it forever. Nope. So make sure that you have a good through line so that Jimmy can rise up and be the hero the galaxy needs and have a good, satisfying ending. Now, can you put a sequel hook? Yes, you can. Doesn't mean you have to act on it, but you can leave it open for more. So, you know, like you could have the, 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 the Empire is repelled and they're forced into a, a peace treaty with the FOP. But then, during that time, it turns out that the current King Fop loses the election. But it turns out the one who's ascending to the throne is actually an imperial plant. And he has plans to like make the Empire rise again, but even bigger and badder in the future. But it also looks like he might be out for his own, and he might betray everyone else. And then you can leave it with like a little dun-dun-dun note at the end. Whoa. We literally just, just made that up, by the way. All of that was just like off the cuff. And if you took yeah. some ideas that you have and start refining them, you can totally do this for yourselves. <laughs> Lord knows I've done it a good number of times, and oftentimes I don't finish them. I need to be better about that. But again, you can take a very simple concept. Isekai as a notion is very simple on its face, and you can turn it and refine it into something really, really cool, and something wholly original at that. Mm -hmm. While it's fine to pay tribute to stories that have come before, you don't need to feel bound by them. Yep. So, so, so that, that, that's basically the, the, the through line. It's like, it's not the genre. That, that's the thing. Like the, the genre, well, popularity of certain genres come and go. That's just kind of goes without saying. But mm -hmm. because this guy has been big and kind of continues to be pretty big, I think it's going to be around for a while before it kind of settles in and a new subgenre kind of takes to the forefront. So I, don't, I think there's still potential for good stories to be told. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you guys shouldn't feel like. You shouldn't feel lesser for like, oh, I have this isekai idea, and here's how I'm going to make mine different. Yeah, that's a good starting point. Start start with that and build on it, like we said. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and look at us. We're, we're giving constructive advice and building people up. This is, we, we are good role models. Look at us go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that that is... A, Holy the point. There's a lot of creativity, a lot of originality left untapped. And I'm not promising you that your book will sell a million billion units, but you know what? There'll, there'll probably be people out there who read it. Yeah, this is good stuff. They did something really creative and clever here, and I really like how they did it. You'll still get that kind of response, and in itself, that's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, embrace. There is no bad genre. Let's start there. Any genre can be done and done well. 
And if you take a little bit of time and refine your ideas and, and learn from the trappings of those that have made similar mistakes in the past, you can do good stuff too. You know, I was going to say, I, I was going to challenge your notion or, you know, there's no, there's no bad genre. I'm like, well, what about paranormal re romance? And I'm like, but wait, what about high school DST? <laughs> Yeah, like in and of itself, genres are neither good nor bad. They're innately neutral. The the story told within the confines of those stories, on the other hand, are, are what are the fine print, so to speak, and will be whether the story succeeds or fails on those merits. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny that you even say that because your book is kind of paranormal romance subgenre. You really think so? Werewolf girl uh, crushes on the schlubby nerd from Earth, and yet you're talking about like, oh, don't have a, don't have a harem. And I'm like, okay, you don't it, have a harem. It's not a harem. He has one we, girlfriend we, who's his main we, squeeze. We resolved, we resolved <laughs> that pretty quickly. Yeah, we did. Especially because she's like, "You're cute. Let me smash." And he's like, "What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> <laughs> Giving away my, my the entirety of the first book there, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have a couple uh, short isekai concepts, and, and maybe if you guys like that, if you guys at home uh, kind of like what we're talking about here, let us know in the comments, and maybe I'll actually share some of uh, mine in the future. My my personal favorite is the Dark Hero story where instead of good Gaia summoning a hero in times of need because the Demon Lord is invading, the Demon Lord summons a hero because summoning heroes is totally in vogue right now, and everyone's doing it. And um, the good guys have a hero that's totally smashing her forces, and so she's like, what better way to stop their hero than my own hero? I'll just use my own hero, and I'll play their stupid game and win. Except that it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> Not exactly. Okay. Although what we really need to do, everyone, is we need to bully the professor so that he <laughs> finally will make space battle. <laughs> space battle is not strictly an isekai, but yes, I need to sit down and actually do it. I've I set the bar pretty high with the synopsis of a fake story that doesn't actually exist, and now everyone wants it to actually exist. Yep. It's my own fault, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Live by the dumb joke, die by the dumb joke. I mean, don't you know it? Cartoon animal movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's I make one joke about the bee movie. <laughs> and you make this entire joke about, you know, oh, well, you know, there's cartoon animal movie where the cartoon animals are really sarcastic and they do stand up comedy. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but ultimately, the most important thing, and if you take absolutely nothing else away from what we said today, I want you guys to take this. Um, if you have an idea and you want to write a story, just do it. Sit down mm -hmm. and write it. And you may not like your first draft. Lord knows I've rewritten mine several, several times. 
And that's okay, because that first draft is an iteration towards the story you want to tell. And I was about to say, my my first book is on its fifth rewrite. So, yeah. We don't mean small edits. We, we mean like top-down, written from the start to the finish, over and over again, fifth rewrite. It's actually a pretty, a pretty amazing transformation. So, no. if you guys have ideas, make them real. Write, write the story, draw the picture, make the game, <laughs> do mm -hmm. what your passion is, and, and, and own it. Not everyone's going to be a huge winner, but on the other hand, you're, you're doing something with those ideas. You're putting those ideas into the atmosphere. And you should. You owe it to yourself, if no one else. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when you know the big scary guy in the big scary robe comes and punches your number, you won't go, oh, man, I didn't write, you know, the story of Squirrel Johnson or whatever. I don't know. Squirrel Johnson yeah. sounds like a pretty cool guy to me. Well, at least I wrote Squirrel Johnson. I mean, only one person read it, but, you know, that's one more person than would have read it otherwise. You, you still made your story and you put it out there mm -hmm. and, and you've, you've driven this world You've made this world, and it's just an amazing, amazing thing to to take an idea and make it real. Mm -hmm. and, and if you do it for no other reason, do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the point I'm trying to make, anyway. Uh, that's a good. That's a good thing. I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> No, honestly, we need we need more creativity out in the world. It can't just be you know the same five things over and over again like it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really what we're trying to to drive in here. So yeah, go go forth, young Padawan. Go and create or Make create stuff. Make your stuff. Make it real. Make it, make it your own. You know, but there's no limit. So, so just do it. Own it. Have fun with it. That's the important takeaway here. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add, Mister Ditaku? I have a Chesapeake Bay Retriever that is circling me like a shark. I think it's for dinner time. Ah. But you know. He hasn't figured out the way to threaten me with a gun yet. So. <laughs> well, better get on that. On, on feeding them, not them learning how to handle firearms. Oh, well, I mean, she's figured out the door. You know, like, uh, honestly, we have to... The one situation in Jurassic Park when the raptors, you know, figure out the doors. Yeah, we, we ha deal with that on a daily basis because she's already <laughs> doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yep. Alrighty. Alright, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This has been Mr. Dutaku and the Hipster Snack. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please like, comment, subscribe, because I am a shill, and I will not stop shilling. Can't stop shilling. <laughs>
<laughs> so thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast, produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Insight Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time. everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tomodachi Bros Anime Podcast. I'm one of the co-founders and co-hosts of the podcast, The Hipster Snack. If you want more content from me, I have my own YouTube channel, The Hipster Snack. Links will be available everywhere I can spam it up until I get a custom one, but all in due time. I do weekly game reviews and in the future, probably more than that. Look forward to it and I'll see you there and on Twitter at Hipster Snack. See ya!